that's a growler. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Welcome back to the never-ending minute where we analyze, scrutinize, and gators, rats, and woofs, oh my's. The movie, The Never-Ending Story. I'm Thomas Howith. I'm Kearney Steele. And with us today again is Rad Clary. Thanks for coming back, Rad. Oh my gosh. But I am <laughs> Rad. <laughs> Why am I messing that up? Aww. And with us today... Again, joining us is Ryan Clary. Thanks for coming back, Ryan. Hey, happy to be here. And um, coincidentally enough, my middle name is Rad. Wow. (laughs) You're having an identity crisis over there. (laughs) (laughs) Talking is hard. I've just married you and Brad together so much in my head. I've listened to too many podcasts with you two that I can't separate you now. (laughs) My interest has peaked. (laughs) Not creepy at all. Sounds totally normal. <laughs> um, let me uh, introduce this minute and we can move on from the awkwardness, huh? Sure. Uh, this is minute 41 of the NeverEnding Story, which starts with the school lights turning off and a clap of thunder. And it ends with a Treyu falling in the swamp of sadness. And it's taxidermy minute, folks. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I have a note about it, too. Many notes about it. <laughs> Does this school have a taxidermy class? All right. I'll, I'll, I'll go back to my note for before that. Okay. So I looked. Do you want second markers? People will get ready and pause. Second 14, right to left, is a bird. Definitely some sort of, like, hawk raptor sort of thing. A fox. And, uh, oh my god, what is that? I'm even more terrified because I can't tell what that is. It's a bird as well yep. because it does have claws like a bird. But, it's but on the a perch. body is wrong. It, I think it's just the webbing that's kind uh, of covering it up and making it hard to see. Uh, I, yeah. I, I oh. it, it, it's a bird. He's, you know, he's he's on a branch and he's mm-hmm. kind of leaning forward and he's peeking around. Uh, um, it's like he's kind of like looking down and away. Um, I can see it. But what I can't unsee is the fox, because if you look at his face, it's like he is about to start talking like a puppet. It is super creepy. Like Speaking of odd things, it makes me think of Narnia, the Chronicles of Narnia movies with the talking animals. Yeah. Yeah, he would fit right in there. Oh, yeah. I could see that. Then the next second is second... 16 when we get our (laughs) owl raven and and they're on either side of the skeleton which is the only thing in this room that's actually like normal educational belongs in a school and if you freeze frame it just right you'll get them lit up by the lightning as well yep second 20 paging john brugan there is an alligator for goodness sake why is there an alligator (laughs) why is there an alligator oh and i can't make out what's between it and the dressmaker's dummy Okay, between it and the dressmaker's dummy is what looks to be a samurai mask. Mm -hmm. But it's like on something so that it looks kind of like a dressed up person. I mean, this is one we've said it before and we'll say it again. This attic is 100% drama club's prop closet. Right. So just so you know, Charity, give me a few minutes and I promise I will find a tie in for that alligator. Okay. Okay. You work on that. I'm going to one. appreciate that the rat is like the least scary thing we've seen so far this minute. <laughs> nah, but he's so cute. 
<laughs> yeah, and I I do want to talk about the hallway beforehand because I cut Brad. I, oh my god! Now you've got Holy me doing it. Beans. <laughs> my name is Ryan Rad Cleary. <laughs> I am so sorry. I just met you. This shouldn't be happening. Oh my goodness. Brad, when you listen to this, look what you've done. <laughs> Oh, goodness. oh my god no i i cut you off talking about the lights turning off in the hallway because that's one of my favorite shots like it is so perfect it pans back to the hallway we hear the door to the attic close we hear the clap of thunder and then the lights turn off in succession so that it gets dirt it's like the perfect production shot as far as i'm concerned it's what, so good what are your thoughts on it ryan don't <laughs> Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, uh, I, 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 I'm totally with Tierney on this one. Um, I was, I was going to say something along the same lines. Um, you know, oh. I really enjoyed that whole shot, and then the lights are going off, and I always took it as you're kind of saying goodbye to the real world for the rest of the movie. Um, it's, it's really just him in the attic, and he's. I don't know if I'm ever going to get into this, but like, I'm not entirely convinced that Fantasia is real. I think Bastion is suffering some kind of a psychotic break. <laughs> that makes more Ooh, sense. That's um, new. <laughs> and, you know, possibly he, you know, um, found out a way to cope and then heal in this world and then returning in the end. I don't, I don't want to get into it. Anyway, maybe he got but, like a major concussion when he went into that trash can. Yeah. Maybe he never left the trash can. Uh, <laughs> that's sad. Um, but I want to believe Fantasia exists, but that, that's kind of how I saw that scene. It was, it was kind of ending the reality as we know it. And then you're just like full Fantasia for the rest of the movie. There's <laughs> no distractions. I'll give a, a, another take on this, which follows your line of thinking, but maybe acclimizes it to what we're going with so far in the movie he's saying goodbye to the real world here he's he's giving up on ever going back to it and he's willing to just move on to fantasia completely now because you're right we're in fantasia or the attic from here on out right so he's he's kind of saying that outside world is is turned off for me now only fantasia is worth worrying about so who turned these lights off and why aren't they checking to see if somebody else is still in the school? You, you got to imagine it was a janitor, which yeah. did we ever see a janitor in the hallway? Or am I thinking of a different movie? I don't think we ever saw one. No, there was no. never one there's, in this movie. Yeah. There's one mentioned in the book, but we never see him in the movie. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. They're not, they're not very doing a very good job at this school. Well, they're not making actually, sure their students are where they're supposed to be. They're not making sure they're not where they're not supposed to be. And they're just locking up without just willy nilly. I wonder if he's flipping breakers at a totally different part. Like you're right. He should have checked before starting that. But like, I don't think he's just behind one of the columns in the hallway or something like right. that. That's probably in the basement or wherever. You know, the, the whole lights turning off in succession thing, that's like a, a horror movie trope as well. I could see that being part of the horror movie trailer. <laughs> like, to click, to click, to click, the lights going off. This is the horror movie trailer. <laughs> that's true. Now, I got a question. Now, okay. when he, after the hallway scene where it's like, he goes back upstairs, he gets freaked out here after the, uh, you know, menagerie of taxidermy freaked out <laughs> animals and uh, a, a ghost samurai and you know napoleon's dinner suit um he leaves he, he he's about to tuck tail and run 
And then, you know, there's a couple seconds and he, and he ends up coming back. And I, I guess my question is, you know, this is post rat, by the way, which I'm happy to discuss, but like when he comes back, what strength do you think he drew on? Do you think he drew on, um, Atreyu's example? Or do you think, uh, it was something that his father said earlier on in this movie to him in a super, like, intimidating way like oh, someday you gotta get the job done son you know like um why do you think he came back i think i think you have a point like maybe that's back in his subconscious but in his conscious current mind he actually says mm-hmm. a tree wouldn't quit i can't quit either basically is is the summation of yeah. his words there because the tree and bastion are twinned in this movie so strongly mm-hmm. and i i do think though we had talked before about how Atreyu's almost like what what Bastion thinks his dad wants him to be, if that makes right. sense. I'm sure that got mentioned at some point. Yep, we talked where about it's, that. Where it's like, this is what my dad wants. Like, this is the ideal. And before this minute, before he comes back up, there's no way. He's the scaredy cat. He's the runaway. And yet in this minute, he decides like, no, no, I'm going to. Like, he makes the decision to be like Atreyu. Right. Instead yeah. of just happen to be shot, like, mirroring Atreyu in the book. Like, I, I think that's, I think that's, it's it's his choice to come back and say, no, I want to be like this person. Right. Cool. I dig it. Plus, we get to see the cage around the stairs, and it makes me think of the library and Buffy. So I'm very happy with this whole sequence. <laughs> I want to talk about that cage here in a second, too. But before we go on too far, let's go back to these awesome costumes that are sitting here. So we've got the samurai costume. And then, Why? like you said, we have this hat that looks faintly Napoleon-like. Or actually, this is the three-sided hat that that three-headed person or three-faced person should have been wearing. <laughs> is it the three-cornered hat? I didn't realize that. I, yeah, I think if you look at it at the very edges of it, you can see the way it's curled like a pirate hat, kind of. Huh. I thought it was like a, a big lady's hat. Oh, no, you're right. It is a Napoleon hat. Yeah. Yeah. But I can almost not see the hat because I'm too busy looking at what's on this guy's neck. Is that an ascot? <laughs> yeah, it's it's Fred from Scooby-Doo. Exactly. <laughs> that was my first thought as well. Wow. Se- second 20, Scooby-Doo's second. <laughs> <laughs> so do you think this is all from maybe like a production of Peter Pan? With the crocodile oh. and the pirate hat and the... <laughs> hey, that's I, uh, yeah. I would say so, except then what's the excuse for literally all the other taxidermists? Oh, who knows, but... <laughs> oh my god, it makes no <laughs> sense! Instead of having kids play the animals, they just put taxidermy animals out on the stage and drag them with a rope or something. I, I swear to god, the live rat is the least scary thing. <laughs> So I don't know if you guys realize this, but the live rat is actually in that ascot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it like comes up. <laughs> right. The first time I saw it, I saw the rat, but I didn't realize it was actually in the neck of that very thing we were just looking at. It's got a little home. <laughs> I'm not going to begrudge it its home. This is probably the first time anyone's been up there in like 20 years. <laughs> so is Bastion booking off without his hoodie? Yep. Yeah. Unless he put it in He's- his backpack. I was going to say, because we don't see it. It could be in his backpack. Yeah, he takes off without that thing. And what is up? I you mean, mentioned it before with this medieval torture room door. This could almost this be is, like an old old jail cell from Pirates of the Caribbean this, or something. This is where you keep the werewolves for their own safety and the safety <laughs> of others. 
Didn't you learn anything in high school? <laughs> Don't you mean the werewolves? <laughs> <laughs> Look, wolves is very hard to say when you're a little kid. <laughs> she confessed to us, Ryan, that when she was a little kid, they were not wolves. They were wolves. And that that made them less terrifying. I, mean, <laughs> yeah, I wish someone would have told me that after I watched this movie. We're, we're getting oh. in some like pretty heavy minutes for uh, Ryan Radclary here. Oh. I'm just saying, you know. <laughs> I did check before, you know, like, because as I said, I hadn't seen Army of Darkness and I was like, but I was looking and I'm like, no, but like, he can handle the scary minutes. He'll be fine. (laughs) (laughs) I do try and like take into consideration that maybe someone doing like a happy-go-lucky comedy podcast isn't down for our tags, but the people who do the horror might be more interested in Gamora. I was like, you know, I I try. (laughs) You hit a nerve, but that's what makes it interesting. So I was very happy to be a part of these particular minutes. We're all about ha- uh, this. This is a very therapeutic show. We're, <laughs> yes. we're trying. We're trying to. We're trying to deal with everybody's phobias and handle them one by one, even if it requires immersion. Okay. <laughs> I didn't realize how much of that would be happening on this podcast. <laughs> just, just be happy you're not over on the Return to Oz minute where they actually just hook up the oh. electric electricity to your head to help we're, you with therapy. We're done. It's okay. We're done. It's gone. <laughs> that was the longest week ever. <laughs> um, oh, but I, speaking of other podcasts, uh, cause I am a co-host on Return to Oz minute. I listened to Effectively Wild, which is a baseball podcast, and it's making me wonder, uh, at second 32, there's a thing against the wall, and I'm trying to tell if it is a trampoline turned on its side or if it's one of those things that you throw the baseball against and it bounces back. So you I can think practice. it's an old school stretcher. I think it's a trampoline. No, it's square. Trampoline? Or like, yeah. It's hard to tell. Or it's like one of those chairs that people used to sunbathe in or something. It's, it's an odd shape. For yeah. a chair, it's an odd shape. For a trampoline, it doesn't quite fit any stereotypes. It doesn't. Yeah, it's it's very weird and it confused me. But I was like, it's either baseball related or trampoline related, and both of those, if you listen to that podcast, are apt. So I thought I'd give them a shout out because we shout out a lot of movies by minutes podcasts and like related nerdy podcasts. And it's like you know, sometimes people like to listen to podcasts about other things. I understand that. <laughs> I wanted to know who. Design this room though, so that if this door were locked, you could come in and look in the room, but not get in the yeah, room. Yeah, get to it. <laughs> like, That's wh- deep. Why is why is that necessary? <laughs> <laughs> why would that ever be required though? <laughs> why would you ever need to be able to look in the room but not get in? I don't know. Like maybe keeping the kids out. I, I don't even want to speculate as to why those <laughs> rickety bars are up there. I have no idea. And I wonder, you can't even climb over them because if you look carefully, it goes all all the way way up up. to the ceiling. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And that's a double height ceiling we discussed. Yeah. It's a whole whole nightmare minute. And when he runs, when he goes back into the room, I mean, there's a flash of lightning and he is, it is totally fair for him to be freaked out right now. Like he just made a very brave decision. He does the little like, you know, like he knows he's just made a big decision. And then... And then, and then. Oh, are we ready to move on? I'm ready. Have you steeled yourself? I'm, I have steeled <laughs> myself. The rat is in control. Oh my gosh, this fall Why backwards. Why is there a wolf's head on a stick? <laughs> now, what's really kind of brilliant about this scene is the uh, the wolf head was there. 
in the previous shots. Oh, yes. Shots. If you look back, you can definitely see it. And, and, and even in this minute, you see it. Yeah, it's... Yeah. <laughs> well, um, I mean, you see it before this... Sec- sorry, yes. sorry. That was poorly worded. When he's running out the room and it pans across, you can just see it in the upper left corner. Yeah. So let's take this slowly so we can really build on it. <laughs> he falls back... How does this box fly on top of him first? I can't understand the the physics behind this box flipping the way it flips. He had to have hit it with his arm. Yeah, his I, arm, but it looks like it comes from his feet. Flailing again, he's freaked out, and that's fair. And as a very clumsy person, I didn't question the physics of the sequence of events. And the way this is shot with the lights flashing was oh. genius oh. because the way the oh. wolf face lights up as it's coming mm-hmm. down multiple times, it oh, genius. Oh. Um, if you want a slightly funnier moment to freeze on while we're having this discussion, second 55 is pretty great because oh, he's yeah. screaming, but it looks like the wolf is smiling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And he is mid full scream. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I yeah, was just go like, ahead, Ryan. if you're freaking out, it's okay. <laughs> Thanks. When I, I have a question about these taxidermy taxidermied animals, um, because they are part of this movie. I don't think they were made for this movie, but they're poorly done. I mean, like I'm not, I I don't own any <laughs> like mounted heads or anything, but I mean, it doesn't take an expert to to look at the majority of what we've seen here on these taxidermied animals, and they're like, that's just poorly done. It looks more scary and more creepy. It sets you on edge, and it almost doesn't even look like a wolf. For the longest time, I thought it was a coyote, but I mean, like stopping and looking at these minutes was like, no, that 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 is clearly meant to be a wolf. Um, with the fangs and the size of the head. But, I mean, if you look at it, it just doesn't look like a wolf. Almost looks like a wolf you'd see in, like, a dream or something like that. Right. Well, in the next second, you realize why that is, I think. Someone hold my hand. (laughs) So we get a cut from the wolf on a stick with Bastion to a wolf running through Fantasia to a wolf POV shot to a Treyu stumbling in a chest-deep puddle of mud in the swamp. Right. So... This, I think more than anything, confirms my theory that the stuff in the attic is part of the reason he's seeing the story as he does. This is, this is building the story beforehand in his head and translating it, I think, onto the paper to make it what he's making the story up kind of as he goes, I think, because in, in a weird subconscious way, because of the stuff he's seeing, it, he's, his subconscious is making the story go the directions it goes to get to the the end point that it needs to get to. It knows where it needs to get. It's letting him choose the path to get there, I think, is what I was trying to say. The ultimate choose your own adventure. <laughs> right. But it's got a set destination. You just get mm-hmm. to choose how you get there. And all the stuff he's seeing and all the stuff that he's doing, the stuff that he's heard all day, just like we talked about with the dog barking and mm-hmm. stuff like that in the early minutes, it's all shaping what the story's actually going to be, even though the destination is already known. Oh, that's right. It's the opposite of a choose your own adventure, actually. It's a video right. game. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I realized I was like, oh, you're right. I'm completely wrong in that reference. So almost all the stuff we see in this attic comes to play somewhere in the movie. You've got these crazy bird creatures. Guess what? We saw some crazy bird creatures up on the dais when we were at the ivory tower. Mm-hmm. You know, we've, we, all this stuff comes to play somewhere. And of course, this wolf 
they make it pretty clear this wolf is supposed <laughs> to be Gamork. <laughs> and that takes us to Gamork. What do you think, Ryan? I don't know. I'm afraid to talk. No, I'm just Aww. kidding. Never-ending story is not what I would consider to be a scary movie. Kind of like Army of Darkness is not necessarily like a scary movie, but there are scary parts. When you go back in the hallway, and he's like you guys had said, uh, when he's leaning around the corner, I mean, you almost feel like a like a Jason or Freddy's going to pop out. And, you know, it's like you, you, there's, you're always on us. There's always that, that tension. And even when the taxidermy uh, coyote, excuse me, the wolf <laughs> falls next to Bastion. I mean, it's really brilliant because you're like, Oh God. And then you're like, okay, I've been scared. But before you can catch your breath, you're running alongside Gamora and it's chilling and it, 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 it stops your heart. And, you know, for a young person to watch the scene, it, it, it simply just takes your breath away. And, you know, what is an adventure without, like, you know, that, that fear of death? And then when he's running in the POV, and I was going to talk about it, that's a total Sam Raimi move. And, like, when I had seen our, um, Evil Dead for the first time, and I had seen his POV shots, I immediately thought of this scene with Gmork running through the swamp. And when he's running through this swamp, I swear, I can almost taste the mud. I can, like, <laughs> feel the mist. I mean, like, you're right there, and it's crazy because you're so scared. But it, you know he's not coming after you, <laughs> necessarily. <laughs> so you're kind of relieved, but, like, you're in prey mode. And um, it's it was it's definitely, like, as an adult, I look back on it, and I'm like, oh, God, that's, this, is, this is kind of incredible. So... Um, I guess that's, those are my thoughts on that last four seconds of the scene. Ryan, I've learned way too much about this mud and mist to be comfortable <laughs> at all with what you just said. <laughs> I'm sure. Don't taste the mud. <laughs> Do Ugh. not taste the mud. Do not smell the mist. <laughs> Noah Hathaway suffered for us all. <laughs> yeah, some of this is real mud that they piped in from some swampy, swampy area and it smelled really foul. And then it was hot. It was like the hottest it had ever been for filming this. And some genius thought it'd be a good idea to put perfume in the smoke machines to try to make it smell better. So you just have stinky stench, like <laughs> nice smelling stench for a hot, little bit, all mixed stinky. in together. Oh, yeah. Do not taste. There were bugs in the <laughs> larva and stuff in the mud. Yeah. It's very, very disgusting. Uh I would just like to point out that if you're having trouble saying, telling the difference between a wolf and a coyote, you can just call it a wolf. And that covers all non-domesticated dogs. Wolves cover all. <laughs> Got They're it. They're all wolves. <laughs> I can't believe this has now become like a thing. I can almost, like, I'm sure my dad doesn't listen to podcasts, but I can almost hear like my parents just like, oh, tyranny. Don't tell the world that. <laughs> yeah, that's why I had to make it my head. I was writing out wolf when I wrote my dad joke, and I was like, nope, scratch that. Wolf. Oh. You know All what? Right. I apologize for nothing. Well, now that we've got the ter terrifying um, jump scare out of the way, <laughs> are you guys ready to, to close out the podcast for the day? Uh, yeah, I'm going to say really quickly, we forgot to mention yesterday that you can find us or growlermedia.com and we are one of the podcasts on there. Just look for the never ending minute. And if you go to moviesbyminutes.com, you'll find everything we've plugged so far, I think. 
other yes. than my baseball ones and Cosmic Geppetto, uh, all the movies by minutes that have been completed, congratulations, Ryan, or are currently recording like ours are there. <laughs> Who, who's this Ryan guy you were talking about? No. <laughs> it's Brad. <laughs> this rad guy that this showed up. Guy. <laughs> this guy. I'm looking forward to tomorrow with more time with Brad. I mean, Ryan, whatever. But <laughs> that's, that's another, another story. story. That shall be told another time. Wow, something is really different on a growler. I'm keeping your bones.